Welcome to the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we talk about scripture, theology, and anything relating to God in a loving conversation, and where we try to get to the heart of the matter. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Today's episode is the second part of a session we began on the last installment. Yeah, and so really that experience with spring break, um, yeah, it was, like I said, me operating in my own strength and really coming from this place of striving. Um, but also, you know, I wasn't saved yet. <laughs> um, so that was that was yet to come. So anyways, the following years, uh, following freshman year, um, yeah, I was really involved on campus. Um, and... Yeah, I was always kind of doing good things. So every spring break following that first spring break, I'd go on these alternative um, missions trips. They call them alternative spring breaks. So the second year, uh, sophomore year, I went to Lake Providence, Louisiana, and we're down there um, painting houses. Um, and so, yeah, just this idea of uh, kind of what we were talking about before, yeah, Christian Christian mission trips. And kind of that dichotomy of kind of works and doing things in the name of Christ versus like actually sharing your faith and actually sharing Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, all that to say, it was it was a good experience. Um, and then junior year, I went down to um, Peru. We helped out in an orphanage down there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, senior year even think right now it's already muddled in my mind <laughs> um but anyhow yeah um yeah coming into junior year um i had my first actual relationship so i had never dated um coming into college and honestly something that really resonated with me i was at an all-night lock-in i can't remember if it was middle school or high school but I was at a friend's church and I was just there to play Halo all night. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, before you eat dinner, the pastor or whoever it was, he's um, kind of bringing the word. And something that really resonated with me, you know, because he's speaking to a particular age group, right? Um, pubescent boys and girls. Um, and so he was talking about dating. And something that he said about dating was that no matter how a relationship ends, a piece of you is lost that you're never going to get back. You know, you've invested something of you into this other person. Hmm. Um, and I think that's actually biblical. I'd have to find scripture to go back and kind of back that up. Um, but that really resonated with me. And I don't know that, it, that that's what kept me from dating in high school. But it was a thought that was always there. And so I went very trepidly into this first relationship. And I remember even writing out to, well, who would become my girlfriend, like this long, heartfelt letter of just how I didn't want to uh, lead her astray, you know, and Mm -hmm. how, like, there's really only two ways this relationship can end. Either we break up and, yeah, this, this piece of each of us is lost or we get married. And I don't know if I was candid enough to say it in the letter, but I kind of knew that we weren't going to get married. Um, and yeah, as a whole, like I kind 
conversation. But um, anyhow, we ended up dating. And uh, yeah, I'll just say I lost my virginity to her or gave it to her, is maybe a better term. Um, and so, yeah, it was just another mark, kind of another black mark um, on my faith, so to speak. And so, yeah, here's this dichotomy in college again, you know, the environmental sciences, the liberal side of it, um, these two Christian organizations that I'm part of, um, me living a nominal Christian life, thinking I'm saved when really I haven't actually given my heart to the Lord yet. And then living in all this shame and guilt of the sexual immorality that, that has stronghold from a very young age. And now it's made manifest in a new way through this girlfriend. Um, so anyways, yeah, we started dating kind of towards the end of junior year. Well, that summer, I had the opportunity to go to Israel with a group of friends from crew. And yeah, the opportunity had come up. I can't remember if it was like early junior year and I wanted to go, but didn't sign up for it. Um, well, anyways, long story short, a friend dropped out just a couple of months before the trip was meant to happen. And I just felt this like strong need to go to be part of this thing, you know? Um, and actually that's another thing I missed, but yeah, the buddy that was kind of the linchpin of that whole trip, um, him and I had actually traveled Europe, um, the summer after my freshman year. And that was really a big thing. You know, it was a kind of a coming of age. So him and I spent a month um, traveling Europe together. I think we went to 12 different countries in these 30 days. And uh, man, just that, uh, yeah, just my eyes being open to these different cultures. And, you know, it was cool. It was really cool. And the freedom that was in that. And yeah, my buddy BC, shout out to Brandon. Uh, he's a spiritual mentor to me. Um, it was him and I that took that Europe trip. And yeah, he's a couple of years older than I was. So he kind of curtailed my wildness, maybe. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, will say in Amsterdam, uh, yeah, him and I got separated and ended up joining this dude from Michigan. Uh, we had the, the pot brownies. <laughs> Special brownies. Wild, yeah, wild walk down uh, the red light district. Nothing came out of it, but. Or as Amsterdam calls them brownies. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, you know. just cakes. Yeah, just the norm. Um, so anyhow, yeah, I went to, went to Israel with BC, this buddy that I traveled Europe with a couple summers before and a couple other friends from crew from Stout, and then some of my buddy Brandon's friends from the cities. And so I can't remember, but there's probably like 10 of us from, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. And then we were actually joining his childhood buddy, uh, who's Polish, and his parents are missionaries. So they lead this trip to Israel, to the Holy Land, every, I can't remember if it's four years or every two years. Uh, but this was the first time that they opened it up to this now American contingent. Mm. And so anyways, I ended up going to, to Israel for two weeks. And, um, you know, it was really incredible, <laughs> to say the least, mm. um, going to these sites that, you know, you'd heard about in Sunday school and, and from a young age. And yeah, at this point, I really wasn't well studied in the Bible, but um, man, yeah, not much of it was lost on me. Like it was just really profound to be. And yeah, for any of, for any of you guys out there that have been to the Holy Land, um, like a lot of the sites are these big cathedrals or chapels or churches 
and they're busy, you know, they're tourist destinations. But yeah, there's some aspects like along the Sea of Galilee, uh, not too far from where the Mount of Beatitudes is. You know, there's a church there, I can't think of what it's called, but we went up, up on a hill and it quite likely could have been one of the hills where Jesus would have removed himself to go and pray. Um, and the hill is just as it would have been 2,000 years ago. Um, so there's some really kind of profound, yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful imagery. Well, anyways, at the end, coming towards the end of our two weeks in, in Israel, uh, we went to the River Jordan um, on the Israel side. And yeah, there's an opportunity to get baptized. And um, it wasn't a terribly profound moment, but I was stirred. I knew, I knew that God was real seeing where Jesus had walked, like, mm. yeah, there was not a doubt in my mind that the Christian faith wasn't the way, the way, the one way. Um, and so anyhow, yeah, I got baptized. Um, yeah. See, in the Jordan River. In the Jordan River. That's, a, that's awesome. That's really good. A little, yeah. gel, a little jelly here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no dove descended or anything. Or at least I didn't have the spiritual eyes to see it. But um, yeah, it was all awesome. seven trumpets in the background. <laughs> it just happened to be passing by at the same time. <laughs> so cinematic. Yeah. That no, was incredible. Many um, hours. Yeah. So I came back from this, this trip to Israel really changed. And um, in my strength, you know, I wanted, this is coming back to that sexual immorality. I wanted to overcome that stronghold. I wanted to overcome those walls of Jericho. But in this new relationship with my first girlfriend, no blame on her, like probably all on me, honestly. But um, man, it wasn't long before I was back into kind of the same old sin yeah. and the same old yeah. routines. And so again, yeah, that shame and guilt um, really plagued me. And um, yeah, that was persistent through that senior year. Um, yeah, my girlfriend and I graduated um, spring semester 2011. And I uh, went and traveled to Seattle um, just days after we graduated. We went out to Seattle and spent a week out there visiting her sister. And as well as out there that I got a job opportunity in Puerto Rico. And so I was literally home for a week after this trip to Seattle, after graduating from college, like days before that. And yeah, kind of quickly packed up my things and was off to Puerto Rico for the summer. And long story short, that really kicked off uh, seven years of traveling and working various jobs around the world um, in various fields. That, that opportun opportunity in Puerto Rico was a research grant. So I was working um, in my environmental science discipline. But going forward from that, it was much more random <laughs> <laughs> opportunities. Um, yeah, after that, I, yeah, I was home. So I did that for three months. I was home for a month. Or sorry, no, I was home for a week after Puerto Rico. And then I was off to Hawaii uh, and I worked for a nonprofit um, child care company out there, basically at a summer camp and did that for two terms. So six months altogether. And yeah, my girlfriend lived out in Hawaii as well. Um, she worked at a resort. Um, and then that segued into me working out in Taiwan um, at a summer camp out there. Um, but all of that to say, like, it was very quick after leaving Stout and being physically separated from <clears throat> brothers and sisters in Christ um, that, 
yeah, my faith was, it, it was distant. Like the faith was there. Um, but God was not on the forefront of my mind at all. Just like and I didn't, yeah, there's a lot of distractions. Um, and really it, it comes back to, or really it's identity, but really it comes back to, um, you know, in middle school, I'm like, gosh, what is life going to be? What am I going to do with my life? Not knowing in middle school, not knowing in high school, graduating with this degree in, in environmental science, but not feeling uh, pulled in any certain direction with a career. And all of a sudden these opportunities are coming up and it's like, yeah, sweet. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, South Korea. Let's go there. Um, which is real. I didn't, I didn't just say that <laughs> flippantly. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a lostness. And it was something that I came to uh, call the Jonah years after, after it was all said and done. Um, just in that, like, man, I knew God. Yeah, I saw him as father. Um, I knew that his ways were greater, that his ways were higher, that his ways were better. Um, but man, I had to figure that out the hard way and I had to do it, do it my own way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in those seven years, it was a lot of, not a lot, but it was, it was testing God almost, you know, it was looking for something that was more satisfying than him. And mm -hmm. I can say after seven years of chasing around girls and bars and clubs and all the stuff, all the stuff the world has to offer. And I didn't have to get deep into a lot of it, but just enough to know that, yeah, this is not satisfying. Yeah. This leaves me empty. Yeah. Um, but even so it took seven years and yeah, it was, I always thought there was something in this next country there's, or this next place or this job opportunity that would bring that fulfillment. And man, 100% no is the, is the mm -hmm. answer. But um, yeah, at the end of these seven years, I ended up in, in Australia and um, yeah, I'd only been there for about a month and a half and I was house sitting in this, in this mansion, um, about an hour and a half north of, of Sydney. And it was the middle of winter, their winter, so it's July. Um, and houses in New South Wales are not insulated very well. <laughs> I'll just say that. They don't have much uh, anticipation of cold weather, even though it does get cold in winter. Hmm. Um, and so I'm in this big mansion, and it's cold, and it's lonely, and it's dark. And it was just kind of a profound um, coming to the end of myself. And it was this revelation of like, man, all these places, all these things, what have they come to? You know, like what, what is it coming to? And when it's all said and done, when I breathe my last breath, anything that I've accomplished here on earth, like what is it? What does it mean? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was kind of in, um, yeah, it didn't take math or anything crazy to get there, but I was really in kind of the depths of my depravity. And I was um, really, like I said, at the end of myself. Well, anyways, I had called my mom. This is another part of my testimony I forgot to mention. But when I was in high school, um, I got diagnosed with Lyme's disease. And that mm -hmm. came out of um, just this tiredness and this fogginess I've been feeling for, um, honestly, at least a year, if not longer. Well, yeah, diagnosed with me, diagnosed me with Lyme disease, uh, went through the doxycycline, which is the antibiotic that they use to treat Lyme's, 
Um, the blood work came out clear. I was negative, free of lines, uh, but still had kind of these same symptoms. Well, anyways, these, this lethargy and this, this brain fog is something that was persistent through the college years and all the years to follow, uh, but they became more frown, more uh, profound uh, in this season that I'm referencing of being in Australia and in that, in that um, mansion uh, in New South Wales. And so I called my mom, uh, who at this point was a retired nurse. And yeah, just kind of explaining how I was feeling. She's like, well, gosh, maybe you should go back and look at your, your Lyme symptoms. You know, I've got some friends recently who have chronic Lyme, chronic Lyme's. Maybe that's what you're struggling with. Um, so I'm Googling, I'm in the state of New South Wales. I'm Googling doctors that can treat Lyme's and um, come to find out there's like eight in the entire state at that point. And this is one of the most populous states in Australia, right? This is where Sydney is. Um, calling them all up. This is like July, right? Middle of winter. Mm -hmm. And none of them have any appointments until like December, until summertime. Um, and so it's like, well, gosh, I don't know where I'm going to be <laughs> in six months. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to commit to those appointments. Well, anyways, the last guy I call, uh, he had an alternative practice, um, like eight hours north of where I was living at the time. And he had availability three weeks out from, from when um, I made the call. So I set up the appointment, uh, drove up to Byron Bay, Australia, which is in the northeastern corner of New South Wales. It's right on the coast. And interestingly, it's actually the easternmost point of Australia. So the very mm -hmm. first rays of sun that shine over the country um, in the morning shine on Byron Bay, the Cape of Byron. Um, but man, it's a very spiritually charged place. Um, the Aboriginals, I'd have to go back and look at the history, but they've been uh, frequenting the Byron Bay area for, for centuries, hundreds, maybe thousands of years, I don't know. Um, and there's some very significant spots there that, that mean a lot to them. Um, one of which is um, this promontory. It's actually the core of a volcano um, that's become solidified, and they call it Mount Warning. Um, and it was named that by uh, Captain Cook as he sailed up the coast. Um, but anyways, yeah, Mount Warning at the top of it. Um, I believe it was only the men. Oh, no, women. It was like sacred to women. Only women could hike to the top of Mount Warning. And I can't remember the uh, kind of imagery behind it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was sitting for this gentleman. And the night before they took off uh, on their long weekend, he took me up to the top of Mount Warning. And we watched the first sunrise over over Australia, um, which was a taboo thing to do because we're both men. Um, <laughs> but I remember on the walk down, just this beautiful rainforest, essentially, that we're walking through. And it was just a really spiritual moment. And the guy that I was with, he's like, I can't think of the name of the book right now. I wish I'd written it down. Um, he's like, have you read this book? Um, and it's this really spiritual book that basically points to Jesus. I don't know whether it's intentional or not, uh, but he gave it to me. And in the weekend that I was house-sitting for them, I was reading it. Um, and yeah, I remember I was like in the middle of reading it and these Mormons came to the front door and I was house-sitting on a cul-de-sac out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> like it's far from 
any civilization as, as you could get in that part of the state. Um, yeah, and they wanted to talk about Christian, well, Mormonism, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just this like things were starting to come to a head in my mind. Well, anyways, back in Byron, um, you know, I was there for this this doctor's appointment, um, and I had to stick around for a following doctor's appointment, which is why I did the this house sitting opportunity. Um, but anyways, I was able to find some short term employment. And one day after work, I'd gone to this little grocery store and um, I was wearing a shirt that I had from Hawaii from a couple of years before when I lived in Hawaii. And on the back of it, it, it says, I think, Malama Aika Aina Pono, which is the state motto. It's like the life of the land is perpetuated through righteousness, but it's in Hawaiian. Um, and this, this old guy comes up to me and he can translate it. You know, he knows exactly what it says. And so right away we hit it off, you know, we're just really resonating with one each other, one another. Um, and yeah, he's intimately familiar with all the Hawaiian islands. I think he'd been there 60 times throughout his mm-hmm. life. Um, and so we're just like connecting all on all of that. Well, I don't remember how it came about exactly, but yeah, we, ex- we exchanged contact information. And for the days after that, as, as long as I wasn't working, I was hanging out with Steven. His name was Steven. And um, yeah, Stephen was a Christian mystic. And so like Josh, you had asked about uh, what I think about marijuana and how that plays into like even Christianity or Buddhist mm-hmm. culture. Well, Stephen uh, self-medicated is something mm-hmm. that he used medicinally. Um, he had intense scoliosis. I remember one, one evening he showed me, showed me his back and his spine was literally an S. You know, it was... Um, he was actually a walking miracle. Um, when the doctors had x-rayed him some years before that, they said that he shouldn't be able to walk. And this guy lived in a tent out in the forest, <laughs> sleeping on the ground, walked everywhere. He, he had a car for years, but felt convicted to to give it away. Um, so yeah, this, this Christian mystic. And man, his doctrine probably wasn't the most sound. Um but I was just so taken because to me, Stephen was this melding of um, kind of these liberal worldly, maybe worldly is not the right way to say it, but these liberal environmental views that I harbored through my environmental science studies and then Christianity and like a firm belief in the Bible. He had this huge um, study Bible that he kept in his tent. Um, and so basically I didn't, I don't think I had a, any framework for this term, but basically I was getting discipled by Stephen and through our interactions, Holy Spirit was really working in me and it was really gently convicting me of, of the sin that I'd been walking in and um, really bringing a lot of revelation. Hmm. Anyways, one night, you know, we were talking about um, kind of the ceremony of smoking marijuana. Well, one night he invited me to his tent and um, offered marijuana and I, I smoked. I, I took like one hit just to be polite. Um, and I don't say that to be like, uh, yeah. Yeah. At this point, at this point in my life. So oddly enough, people kept giving me marijuana in Aus- in Australia. I think like by that point, three or four different people had given me marijuana. So I already had a bunch in the car. Just had that face. This but, guy needs marijuana. Yeah, just but throw any, bags at him. <laughs> but anytime I'd smoke it, I'd get into this really negative, weird, introspective mindset. Um, very unhealthy. Very 
probably demonic. Demonic. Well, it's, yeah, it's demonic. you're probably under demonic attack. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah, police um, movement. So, especially if people are just walking up and saying mm-hmm. like, "We need, we need to give this guy marijuana." He's yeah. like, "I'm getting too close to God here." Or yeah. Something, you know? So, so anyway, Stephen offers, and I was like, "I'll take one hit, just be polite." But I even had even explained to him like, you know, my my experiences with marijuana recently have been really negative, um, so I'm not really that inclined. And so, anyways, he's medicating, <laughs> um, and I oh, gosh, I wish I knew what we were talking about. But I vividly remember sitting in that tent and feeling this intense stirring in my loins, which is like a very biblical description, but just this sweeping through my loins and in and then and out, my lower stomach. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember leaving that tent and just knowing that I was freed, and I didn't even know the word stronghold, but I knew that I was freed of the hold that sexual immorality had 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 over me. I knew that I was freed of pornography. I knew that I was freed of masturbation. And I was. I had no desire. It's, you know, early in the podcast, I was sharing how it was these walls of Jericho, you know, this impossible thing to overcome. And all of a sudden, it was just gone through, you know, a divine move of, of God. Awesome. Um, so anyways, yeah, Stephen and I uh, were together about two weeks him and I drove him and I drove 24 hours straight from Byron Bay up to northern Queensland um, where I took him to a friend of his and then we parted ways but um, yeah from the day I left Stephen every single weekend after that I would go to church wherever I was whatever church I felt led to go to um, I'd end up there and then kind of further along my travels I started uh, listening to podcasts uh, namely Timothy Keller. I was really taken by uh, Timothy Keller's sermons. Um, and it was in this time, yeah, I, I had this station wagon, this Toyota Camry station wagon that I lived in. Um, and one night, yeah, I was parked in some dark neighborhood. And I don't even know what I was after, but I ended up finding the Bible Project on YouTube and just ravenously was consuming the Bible Project. Um and so, yeah, in, in my traveling, you know, solitary traveling across Australia in the station wagon, um, I'd have these inner dialogues. And it was just daydreaming at the time, but later to come to realize that it was really dialogue with Holy Spirit. You know, he was talking to me and, and directing me and giving form to the next season that I would have. And um, one of the things that he was talking about was you know, Mark, you need to be in community. You need to be in a place uh, where your faith will be fostered and nourished and where you'll be with like-minded believers that are growing in the same way that you're growing in the same way that you want to grow. Um, Like I said, I just thought it was a daydream. Uh, Well, very long story short, (laughs) um, that environment that the Holy Spirit was leading me towards was a discipleship training school with YWAM. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll have to do another podcast later where I talk about missions and how that kind of all came about because I could literally spend another hour just talking about that yeah, yeah. and I don't want to carry on too far with it but <clears throat> yeah just this man yeah this new level of faith um, and and yeah just the trajectory that the Lord took me on so yeah it was um, actually January 2019 um, that I did my DTS in New Zealand with YWAM. 
And yeah, that was another very formative season, you know, formative five months of, of the Lord really speaking and uh, speaking, speaking to me directly, but speaking through others and people prophesying over me. And the common thread was the nations and missions. Um, but I had no idea what that looked like. And so I, I remember at the end of it, I was praying. I was like, God, what is the next step? And I just knew that he wanted me home. So I came home and became involved here at Harvest Time. I'd already started going to Harvest Time um, the summer before my DTS. So it would have been um, summer 2018. And that was Holy Spirit too. I was living in Australia at the time. Um, and I knew I'd be home for the summer. And I knew that I needed a church of my own, you know, not the church that I'd grown up in. And so I was in Kununurra, Western Australia, literally the ends of the earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Googling Eau Claire, Wisconsin and churches. And one of the first churches I found was Harvest Time. And I can't, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was just this intense peace as I'm um, reading the reviews or the description or whatever it was, and just that uh, motto of, of John 10, 10, you know, how that's really the, the tagline that the church lives under, you know, that we live for Christ and, and an abundant life that um, comes through that, um, you know, that, that's why he came to earth mm -hmm. so that we could live mm -hmm. these full, yeah, yeah, can you like, yeah, yeah, live life, live it abundantly. Amen, yeah. amen, thanks, <clears throat> thanks for fixing my paraphrase. Um, <laughs> And so anyways, yeah, I came home on like a Thursday or a Friday, summer 2018. Uh, it's probably June. And yeah, two days later, here I was at Harvest Time Church. And I have never left every single Sunday. <laughs> as long as I'm in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this, this is home. This is church. Um, and yeah, just kind of as a funny aside, I know I already alluded to missions. Um, but I had little understanding of the AG denomination and how missional it is much less how missional harvest time Eau Claire is, you know, yeah. it's a huge miss mission sending church. And I think it was honestly like months, maybe half a year or even a year after I was coming here that I really realized that. Um, mm. So it's funny, right? God is good. And he's very intentional about where he has us. You know, obviously we have free will, but man, if we're listening to him, he's putting us in exactly the places that we need to be, um, to be fostered and, and nurtured. Um, so I'm just trying to think of how to tie this off. Well, so now you're you're saying you're here at harvest time and, and that's where you are. So is there, we're just going to have you up now. Like, where, are you going anywhere sometime soon or? Yeah. So this last year, 2020, amongst a quote unquote global pandemic. Um, I, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was in Zambia, Africa uh, with an organization called Overland Missions. So I was there from August 2020 until November 2020 uh, doing their advanced missions training course. And through that is really a solidifying of that call on my life to the nations. And um, I don't feel released to say too much about it now, but I am gearing up to head to Southeast Asia and um, will be a full-time missionary there. And yeah, it's really that same verse that John kind of mentioned in his testimony last week. Um, but yeah, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so it's just this really cool coming together of those 
quote unquote Jonah years, you know, those seven years that were spent traveling, like, man, what could a person do with seven disjointed years in 30 different countries? (laughs) Uh, But God works it together. And, you know, a big part of that time wandering was spent in Southeast Asia. And so the position that I'm stepping into will be very much um, what I had been doing in my own strength and for my own pleasure, but doing it now for the kingdom. So, um, so that's, yeah, the cliff notes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Um, yeah, can I write a, can I write a, like a, like a screenplay off <laughs> your life? I just yeah. you know, the Steven character. I gotta get him in this in the script. It's just it's real. It's really cool. I did, I never knew <clears throat> any of that, you know. So yeah, I knew you were in. I knew you were in like South Korea. Yeah, um, Steven's an interesting parallel. So he, uh, my father's name is Steven, which I think in the Greek means crowned, which is kind of cool. But this Steven that I was getting discipled by, um, he's the exact age that my father is. The mm-hmm. same name, same age. They're both sixty. Um, so just kind of an interesting little intentionality. And then there was actually two other Stephen type figures that I experienced in my time in Australia. Um, the second was Neil. He was also in his sixties, awesome spirit filled man of God. And then the third was Philip. Um, he's an evangelist and actually the two, well, that's a whole nother story, but yeah, the two of us <laughs> did ministry in Bali, um, Indonesia for a couple of weeks. <laughs> just immediately before I went off and did my DTS. With. Just another little trip to a different country. Overseas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Talk for an hour just about Indonesia. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. A lesson that I learned in each of these three individuals was really the power of the body and community because each of them were lone wolves. Um, each of them maybe in some way had kind of been, you know, they were a bit, too spiritual, if that's possible. Um, it is possible. Um, but they had been ostracized from, you know, the the modern church, basically. They were very John the Baptist. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's exactly. Eating locusts. Yeah, yeah. No, for real. <laughs> Not quite. But. I was going to say, you know, the Stephen guy, if it takes, you know, just one hit to get rid of sexual temptation, <laughs> I might have to go seek him out. You know, like. Yeah. Well, maybe, well, maybe say that was because of the chosen. Yeah, the way they. I mean, obviously, we. You know, obviously, there's you know some written about John the Baptist in the Gospels, but <clears throat> yeah, we know that he was out in the desert alone. But but he like, had his some disciples the, around him. Yeah, right? and this yeah. was this was the difference. These guys were very much on their own, and yeah. in that, there's an opportunity for a twisting of you know the enemy can creep in yeah. and yeah. kind of twist theology, and that was um, a really important lesson to learn, and so. Yeah, it's huge now. I'm all about community. I'm all about this men's group that you mentioned earlier, these prayer groups. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah, the iron sharpening iron, the, the building up, but also the correcting, you know, that can come in in through that, the gentle correcting. Um, man, I had a fleeting thought and I lost it. <laughs> uh, it, it just, yeah, to hear your testimony, man, it, it's really cool. Um, just the different places God t- took you. Um mm. It's weird because I think, you know, in, in our own lives, we sometimes downplay um, what God has done or mm. is doing in our lives um, because we it's easy to see 
the lens of other people's lives through that movie lens mm -hmm. and you can hear their life story I'm like wow that's awesome especially in the modern day with instagram and social media yeah. and a literal lens put on things a literal yeah, filter a literal lens, yeah. <laughs> but like that you know you're just like listening off yeah i was here for a week and then i went over to this part of australia for two weeks and then i was house sitting in a mansion for a week and then i went you know it, it just sounds like a mansion. So, yeah so it's like it's so cool to 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 see all the different places got got to take you and i'm sure the experiences even food alone you know <laughs> just awesome experiences but uh i think uh you know i don't want to uh keep this uh, podcast episode too long but you know out of all the things i took out one of the things that i thought was kind of you know interesting is you were talking about how you were in that mansion mm -hmm. um this huge mansion mm -hmm. on earth empty mm -hmm. cold alone that's good and yet this is kind of where you had a moment where god came in and, and, and did something and it just, I don't know, there was this contrast between what the heavenly mansion that God has for us, mm -hmm. that he's built, he's the, a place for us in heaven. He's, you know, um, uh, I can't, I'm not quoting the scripture exactly, but you know, he goes before us and creates uh, a place for us. And, nice. and, um, and I don't know, there was just this picture of a contrast between those two that that verse kind of immediately came up that here you are on earth you know, and we create these mansions and, and this is, you know, like an ultimate thing. And, you know, right now I want a house for my family. It's something that I want to attain, but yet here you are gifted this opportunity to just be in an earthly mansion and you're having the spiritual, um, I don't know, moment where, you know, you're realizing that you want God, you've come to the end of your rope because, and you're in this huge man-made mansion on, earth mm -hmm. um you know in, in your jonah years and mm -hmm. um you know god's pointing you to keep traveling and tent making mm -hmm. which is like the opposite of what we think a mansion is you know right mm -hmm. you're you're just going around in this tent but yet now you've grown in in, in christ and stuff and um, i don't know it was just a crazy contrast that i i saw mm -hmm. on that that's um, cool i just feel say um you know looking at this season that we are in collectively now going back to covid um yeah i think it's been a really profound season for a lot of people and i think that's come out of this stillness this quietness and it's confronting right all yeah. of a sudden to not be in um in the mundane, in the regular workflow, all of a sudden you're home, all of a sudden maybe you're furloughed for a couple of weeks, a month, whatever, multiple months. Um, but yeah, just the confrontation in that. And that was, that was my experience in the, in the mansion, my COVID season, so to speak, mm. came a few years early. Um, it wasn't a pandemic, but yeah, I it was an opportunity to be still and it freaked me out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, in a good way. You know, when I heard, just listening to your testimony, you know, all this traveling and stuff. And I just, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to project, but I just feel like you were really lonely yeah. during it. But I mean, you're a different breed though than me. You know, like I had yeah. my first kid when I was 21. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I, you know, it's, I'm married. We're both me, Josh, you know, we're both married. So, um, 
grounded. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm curious what your testimony is going to be too, Josh. Mm. You know, I'm excited for that mm. next week. It's almost a little mix of both of what you guys. Yeah, are and in that aspect of traveling and because cool. I didn't, I haven't done much traveling. You know, I'm like a, I'm like that local dude that everyone knows. <laughs> that, that, like <laughs> you go into the coffee shop, and you're like my regular. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which you know, I've done. I've been on some mission trips. I've been to Mexico, but like honestly, I haven't traveled a whole lot, and that's because I've, you know, put my roots down right away with with having children and. Mm. Um, I don't know if some people just pack their kids up and take, yeah. you know, take them too. Um, but you know, I haven't, I haven't had the, I've heard that call from the Lord. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just really exciting to hear all that. It's like, I'd like to think I'd be that type of person, but mm. I don't think I am. Um, so it's just interesting when you hear it, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. You mm. know, you're doing all these things. It's like, can you feel kind of jealous? But then, mm. you know, I think to myself, like, I don't know if that would have been good for me. Um, it's like the Lord knows what's good for us. You know, we all have these unique experiences because mm-hmm. we're so, we're unique, yeah. unique individuals created in the image of God. And God is so vast, you know, mm-hmm. so like the, the vastness of the diversity um, in his created beings and the experiences that we need to experience in order to come to the knowledge of him mm-hmm. or, or come to the uh, a deepened knowledge of him. I just think it's cool mm-hmm. um, to hear your, your take on it um yeah you know seeing the sunrise on the coast of australia mm-hmm. and <laughs> just having those spiritual moments but yeah yeah <clears throat> and i can't remember john but you had mentioned your kind of moment that you almost feel like might have been your baptism of the holy spirit what what was that um that was well it was it was coming back to it was coming to harvest time mm. um you know, I was like where you really got rocked or just no, it wasn't awaken. Waken wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. Um, this was just pre-awaken. Um, the harvest time was kind of having it in, in a, like a revival. It feels like mm-hmm. when I look back at 2013 and, and I'd love to talk to pastor Kim about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that season felt very different, um, than the church now. I mean, I feel like we're moving back into something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like on the cusp of what feels like, could be a really big revival uh, in there's the nation. A, yeah, there's expectancy in my in my heart. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of you know a lot of prophecies regarding that globally mm-hmm. uh, and in America. Amen. But yeah, 2013 there was just this really it was this really big move of the spirit. <clears throat> when I when just experiencing church now because I was new that so it was like wow this church mm-hmm. is nuts. You know mm-hmm. I love it. You know it's yeah. so good and and um, I still do. Mm-hmm. But there's definite there was definitely some things happening during that time. And, you know, funny enough, when when the Lord moved upon me, I was I was sitting front row mm. um, at church. You know, off to the right side. I, I still see you know, kind of sit in that area yet, mm. uh, but I was front row, and I think I was at church alone. Like I came alone, mm-hmm. um, and the spirit just moved upon me. It's like I knew all the truth. Mm-hmm. I grew up in, you know. I don't want to make this episode my testimony again, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, the spirit just really moved on me and, and I didn't include that in my testimony. I did get rebaptized. Um, oh shoot. Yeah. That's I got baptized the second time. Yeah. That's for my testimony too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Actually, I should share that as long as we're still here. Um, so yeah, while I was in New Zealand doing my DTS, um, I really felt it impressed on me to, to get baptized again. Um, and it wasn't in that, I didn't believe my heart was right the first time, 
But there was a lot, as you can kind of hear, that happened between yeah. August 2010, River Jordan, Israel, to then be in the North Island of New Zealand, Bay of Plenty, Taranga. Um, and so I chose to be rebaptized, and afterwards the Holy Spirit just showed me a really cool parallel. Um, so Taranga, New Zealand, is literally the furthest city from Jerusalem on a map that you could hmm. have for a city over of a population over 100,000 people. So I was literally at the ends end of the earth, literally a 180. That first baptism was in freshwater, but the second baptism was in the sea, it was in the ocean. Uh, in freshwater, so that salt of the earth, that commissioning. Hmm. Um, oh, no, it was the third parallel. Oh, the Bay of Plenty, that's um, what Captain Cook had called it when he sailed through. Um, and so really a prophecy there, of being hmm. baptized in the Bay of Plenty. Um, yeah, just trusting for provision and God's hand and directive. But um, yeah, so technically that was my third baptism. I was sprinkled as an infant and then chose baptism as an adult and then chose to kind of recommit um, yeah as a bigger adult <laughs> yeah because yeah my first baptism when i was 13 oh wow and it was like pure pressure then you know oh, sure. i mean it's like i loved jesus from what i understood about loving mm -hmm. jesus you know and i was baptized mm -hmm. um but you know 2013 to age 23 you know just like recommitting it was like i was at that age now where I had enough wrong stuff happen in my life where I realized the true need of a savior mm -hmm. and, uh, Amen. and experiencing the power of God. And, you know, I was part of a church that like, I like that the Lord led me to or that I found. And there was that parallel with pastor Kim and my dad, you know, pastor Jim, his dad, my dad, mm -hmm. and I just want to get rebaptized. And that's cool. And I did rededicate it. Yeah, at that same time. So, and I've had people say, you know, you don't need to be baptized. You didn't need to be baptized. Well, of course I didn't need to, you mm -hmm. know, baptism doesn't save us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's like, so, it's some a, people think it, it, it does, which yeah, you know, which, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we can later. get into that. It's a memorial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to memorialize um, and publicly declare mm -hmm. my allegiance yeah. uh, to Jesus uh, in what I felt was like on my terms. Hmm. my my real terms you know yeah. I, when i was 13 there's a lot of influence you know my friends hmm. get baptized like ooh, you hear it? like mm -hmm. so-and-so is getting baptized I'm like oh, gosh he, i can't yeah. let him get further yeah. ahead of me in the in the religious <laughs> uh meter <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's funny but yeah the reason i had asked about that baptism with spirit is i wonder if that moment in stephen's tent wasn't my baptism of the holy spirit yeah um <clears throat> that's something we'll talk about in the future probably in that baptism segment yeah um or maybe even beyond it's interesting too with, with that because you know being rebaptized is something that i've thought about but i i feel like it it's like one of those things like sometimes you deal with that struggle with works and faith sometimes if mm. i'm sure there's people out here that have dealt with this where every time you hear uh um at the end of a sermon they invite you to be saved and stuff mm -hmm. and sometimes uh you know pastor kim will be saying like well if you struggle with this and stuff after he's had like a great sermon and stuff and you're like oh man i need to do this in my life and then he's like all right we'll pray this prayer and then he's like god you know help me get back my focus on you and stuff and i start praying it and stuff and he's like well if you prayed that there's a book over here and i was <laughs> like oh i <laughs> i keep being re-saved but there there is a point to that you know um where we recommit our lives to God every, mm -hmm. every day that it is a daily thing, yeah. picking up our crosses, yeah. 
Um, Sanctification. So I don't think it, it, it is a bad thing to to be rebaptized necessarily because there there is people who can you know recommit their lives and stuff. But that is something that always to me that I you know personally I was like yeah I don't think I need to get baptized a second time because I feel mm-hmm. you know it still means the same thing that it did to me the first time that That's it was awesome. my public declaration mm-hmm. to God. And even though I have doubts sometimes to say well maybe I should because it was a different period of my time. You know, for me personally, again, I'm not yeah. condemning anyone else that, you know, has done it. Maybe I will get rebaptized. Save it for your testimony, yeah, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Well, no, I, I have like two hours of testimony. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I just I just think that's interesting because that is something I think that a lot of Christians can probably struggle with, too, as well. Yeah. It's like this, am, am I really saved? Am I not saved? Do I have the, the, um, the, the fruits of the Spirit? You know, mm-hmm. am I loving my brother? Do I need to be rebaptized? Was I really baptized? You know, and these are things that, you know, obviously this is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, can't wait to dig into these things. things. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, that's something that I've kind of thought about is, you know, maybe, maybe I should like do that. Cause I feel sometimes you have those points in your life where you need to kind of recommit. You need to, um, you know, be like, Hey, I, you know, I would like to get something to, to I don't want to say this like emotional rev up, but like, need to get that spiritual recommitment to Christ. And I want to have that, that rock, um, to put on the, it's funny that the, 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 yeah, the, the moment in your life where, yeah, the stones, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you set up the, so I went through it. I went through an exercise, uh, through this men's group. <clears throat> it was, uh, Titus. We went through Titus. It was a whole year mm-hmm. on, on Titus, which is a very small book. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we, we actually, the guy who was leading it, Jeff McCutcheon, um, if, you, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate this exercise, but the rocks. So we, so we actually, he went and like got stones like out in his field and he brought them all in and he had like this whole box of markers and stuff. And he was like drawing this rock, mm-hmm. like things that remind you of God or like, mm-hmm. like things that God has changed in you. And we like, we like decorated these rocks. And he was like, I'll set it by your door. So every time you leave the house and walk back in, you can see like what Christ has done for you. Hmm. And uh, it was a kind of a fun exercise. <clears throat> and that rock is, I, I think I left it out in the rain a few times. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's faded a bit, but, but it's still there. I still yeah. have it. And I still think about it. You know, I think about, hmm. um, you know, what the Lord has done. Every time I see that rock, I, I think of the exercise at least, hmm. you know, even though some of the stuff has washed off, but mm-hmm. the stone is still there. That's okay. awesome. So uh, just to kind of wrap this uh, two-part episode uh, as we're going to have to split it up into, which is good, you know, that's awesome. Um, but is there like a theme in your life or like maybe a big overarching lesson that God has spoken to you specifically about? Or, you know, is there something you kind of want to just share at the end of your testimony here? Um, you know, obviously it's not everything in your life, but is there something that you're like, God is like saying, yeah, this is what you really kind of shared with me throughout my life. Yeah. I think, um, probably my favorite attribute of father, God, Abba father is just his heart for redemption and for turning what the enemy had used for evil, what the enemy had bound you up in just turning it around for his good and for his glory or for our good and his glory. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a huge theme of, of all those, 
what I perceived as lost years now coming around and being used for the mission field. Um, and John, you'd kind of, you know, coming from your perspective, you're like, well, gosh, it must have been really lonely to be traveling. And it actually wasn't. Like, that was such a big aspect of what I loved about it was connecting with people and yeah. new cultures. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very much of what my specific role on the mission field will be. And that's just coming back to, man, God being redemptive and like using these things that he planted in each and every one of us. And you mentioned spiritual giftings. Um, yeah, I've used them for my own purposes and now God's going to be using them for his. And I am excited for that. Um, I wish I could think of something more profound, but that is, I think that's, that's good. what I have. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great to me. Amen. Yeah, no, um, again, I appreciate, you know, both your guys' testimonies and, um, you know, looking forward to, to sharing mine. Um, like I said, kind of feels paltry listening uh, to, to what you guys have said. And, uh, but yeah, no, thank, thank you, uh, for, for sharing. Again, it's, it's not something that's easy. Um, but yeah. Thanks, yeah. Mark. And I just feel to say, you know, I would love for anybody out there to reach out. Um, if anything I said resonates, if if any of my strongholds were strongholds for you, and John, I imagine it's probably the same for you. Would you extend that offer to our listeners if any of them wanted to reach out? Oh, yeah. Whether it was for prayer or... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to walk through this Christian life with you um so yeah please reach out whether it's uh dm or facebook comments yeah there's like or... literally nothing you could tell me mm -hmm. you know sin or otherwise that would make me judge you mm -hmm. you know like i'm that type of person like yeah. you could literally tell me anything amen um and <clears throat> i would just sit there and lend an ear and pray mm -hmm. like there nothing would shock me mm -hmm. nothing <clears throat> amen well again uh thanks for joining us on this podcast um we look forward to bringing you guys more uh thanks guys for joining and uh sharing your testimonies thanks josh thanks for listening to today's podcast episode if you've enjoyed it please click the like and share buttons on whichever platform you are on and you can also follow us on MeWe, twitter and facebook we hope you had a blessed time and the conversation brought some joy into your life. Have a blessed day and join us next time on the Heart of the Matter podcast.